Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, let's see what our heart at. I can't believe it. Check your heart. For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. Welcome to the big leagues. A complete look around the NFL, and especially our Falcons. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is going to be a beautiful day for football in Nashville. Will the Red Stallions take uh, the town by storm? Will they sing a winning tune in Music City? All that kind of good uh Old Red cliche stallions. stuff, right? right Red, Red Stallions. stallions. Red it is. Stallions? It is game day for the first place Atlanta Falcons as they take on the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. And welcome to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. John Fricky alongside former Falcon Harper LaBelle and, of course, our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick. And, gentlemen, here you are. Uh, it is game day. It's going to be a beautiful day. And, Harper LaBelle, how about the first place Atlanta Falcons? Uh, not only first place, but sole possession after Thursday night by a full game. Does that mean that these guys in this locker room, when they hit that field today, can they now see, they look at the standings, can they now see that prize that's in front of them? Oh, gosh. Well, first let me start by humbly admitting I didn't think we were going to win last week. I just didn't (laughs) see it. And I'm so glad that I was wrong. Just so glad. The last question, Mike Johnson, when he came in with Chris Goforth to do the network shows, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen today? I go, I don't see it. I just didn't see it. And I'm so delighted that we are in first place and the Swampers and Carolina and uh, Tampa are all looking up at the Atlanta Falcons at 4-3. Yes, it's not perfect, but you know what? We're in first place and you're not. Why did why, why this not – does Harbro not want to listen to me? <laughs> what did I tell him last if, week? If any, the if, show? I wish everybody could have just seen John smiling at, at Harper as he was <laughs> as he was talking about the, how the Swampers are you know down below, you know, looking up at the Falcons. It's great. It's a great time. I told you coup last week, right? Yeah, Nostra Jonas is yeah, that's uh, right. right. That, was, that was a great call. That was a great call. Yeah. Right, anyway, uh, so uh, interesting game today, uh, Joe. I want you to fill me in uh, as we go through the show on everything that you're learning at Flowery Branch. Actually, I, I was going to talk to you about something else, but I, I want to go back to this first place thing. Yeah. What is it now? I mean, can they see? I mean, they're alone in first place by a full game. If they win today, you you never know. They could be a game and a half or two ahead of the Swampers. I mean, they could start to put some distance between themselves and the rest of the division over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's important. And it's like, 
yeah, you could do it. You feel like you have a favorable game today against the Titans with everything they're going through. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, all these games are games where you think, okay, we may not be favored in Vegas. Does but anyone have, have a winning have a, record? Does anyone no, no, have none, a winning record that's none on our schedule for none the rest of, of the season? So you're probably only look, you'll probably be favored in every home game you have for the rest of the year, and you'll probably be favored in frankly some, several of the away games you have. Um, you know, depend, depends on how form goes and everything. But yeah, you're looking at a chance now to really kind of create that gap that gives you that that little bit of buffer space that where you don't feel like you've got teams breathing down the back of your and, neck, which I think will be important for this and team. And two weeks ago, where were we? Oh, I know. we were Charlie <laughs> yeah. Brown yeah, with a big yeah. cloud that yeah. only rains on us, yeah. you know? And I don't know, this quarterback, but but the defense has played well. And even though we got 150,000 turnovers, we're still winning ball games. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm... Very curious to pick your guys' brains about Desmond Ritter over the course of the show because when I talk to people about him, it really is kind of a how do you see it glass half full, glass half empty kind of situation. It was funny. I was actually really encouraged with how he played last week outside of those fumbles, and then I get a text from my dad who's like, "I've had it with Ritter. I'm done." You know, so <laughs> yeah. I'm like, actually, I'm I'm feeling actually probably better about him. Like, you know, the fumbles I think are kind of a little noisy signal, so we'll see. Yeah, well, I, I'm sort of a half glass full, half glass empty guy with Ritter as well because. Like you said, outside of the fumbles, if you think about it, Harper, he made the, the a, a, a two or three really great throws. I mean, there's a, a nice you know down the middle post pattern to uh, to Scott Miller. There was the you know the clutch throw, not one, but as it turns out, back to back clutch throws uh, to to Kyle Pitts. The first yeah. one, of course, didn't count. It was a great little rollout that he that he threw and uh, you know hit uh, Tyler Algier for the big play down the down He's the targeting sideline. Targeting Drake I mean, five or six, seven times a game. He also had two rushing touchdowns, almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm really well designed and well done. Hold on to the football, you know, uh, uh, RPOs. So other that other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? Right, <laughs> I loved it because we won. Okay. Mrs. Kennedy, how was the trip down All right, to the enough. grassy All right. knoll? Because she's already so, did. By other, the way, Eeyore was the cloud, okay? Not Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Brown didn't have a cloud? No, it was Eeyore, remember? Eeyore had the yeah, cloud that Winnie only the rained Pooh. on him. Yeah, well, I thought, oh, I'm so depressed. Well, I got a rock. That, that is Charlie Brown here with, with, thank, with the, uh, Halloween coming okay. up. What did you anyway. get? I got a rock. We get a rock, but we got the win. You're right. We got the win. Yeah, and no, Young no, Wayne hey, Koo. You got to win. Wins a win a win on the road in the division. Are you yeah. kidding me? They're two and zero in the division. Yeah, I mean, so suddenly they are in. We sit here this morning, gentlemen. The Atlanta Falcons go into Week Eight in Tennessee in total in total command of their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, okay. they may, I know it's a long time here. I know we got a lot of games. We got ten games to go. Yeah, we got half a season uh, to play. We got more, but the fact is that they are now going into week eight in control of their own destiny and it's up to them to get it done. The question is, will they do it? In worst case scenario, John, if we lose today and everybody else in the division wins, we're still in first place. Right. That's not a bad day. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. That, so other, then after this, you have Vikings at home that you feels like a winnable game at Arizona, then a bye week, then home to the saints at the New York jets is probably the hardest game that you have on your schedule Home versus Bucks, and then we can go on from there. But just again, the 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 games in this immediate vicinity are all very winnable for this team. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. It is a football Sunday live from the Kia Studios today on Sports Radio 92 on the game. We're taking you to eleven o'clock network pregame with Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth. And of course, the call of the game, a one o'clock kick in Nashville between the Titans and the Atlanta Falcons. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about 
this game in particular because there is a lot of news out of Tennessee. Joe's going to fill us in on some of that. Uh, the, the big news, of course, is that Ryan Tannehill is not going to be playing in this game, and there have been a lot of talk in Tennessee about Will Levis getting his first career start, some about Malik, but more, more me, I don't know about the two-quarterback thing, uh, Harper, but certainly Will Levis is uh, front and center. Yeah, and a big trade that they had with Philadelphia, with and mm-hmm. they are talking about trading Derrick Henry. No, they put a kibosh on that last night, yeah. according to reports in Nashville. Which yeah. means that there's going to be a trade tomorrow. That's what that means. Well, I'll tell you this much. Watch how much he plays today. I know. If, they, if they're going to trade him tomorrow, he's not going to get 10 well, carries. Well, right? like, is this like the, uh, Major League Baseball where you, hey, show me your guy for four innings. Let me see your starter. And then if he plays well. You don't need to see anything out of him. It's the NFL. You don't want him to get injured before the trade. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're really going to trade him, he's not going to get, he's going to get a Bijan like workload. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see Are we going to lose a draft pick because of the way that we announced no, last that's, week? No, oh, can Come we on. just dispense with that? Is that the Joe? Is that oh. the stupidest thing in the world? <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, man, <laughs> I think Arthur Smith's kind of rebuttal to it kind of backfired on him, like with, with just the way he went about him in the press conference. But I gotta say, it's really funny for me to see, like, as someone who's in the press conferences with Arthur Smith all the time, and just the the kind of relationship that he has with those media, he, we all know that he's sarcastic and jokey, and like he'll kind of you know push your buttons a little bit here and there. But then to see the national media kind of react to that as if he were talking to all those people directly, and they all took like a lot of offense to the way that he kind of addressed yeah. the situation, just trying to make light of it and the fact that it was not that big of a deal. It wasn't that big a deal. If I think the worst thing that that might end up happening, I don't even think this will happen because Bijan did play in the game. Uh, but maybe like a fine or something for the organization. But again, I don't even see that as happening. It's just stupid. Back to Will Levis, uh, and you know, and what you expect. You know, uh, Titans fans want to see him because you know he is apparently the future. Yeah, uh, and certainly Tannehill is not. Well, not with a bad ankle, right? Well, <laughs> not he not to be. Uh, how old is Ryan Tannehill now? I mean, he's what you know. I mean, he's just not their future. Well, yeah, you, you got thirty five. You got 36. a bunch of parts that are missing around him, especially an offensive line that can protect him, but. Uh, I, I, how, you got to go back to film and watching Liberty to be able to figure out what you're going to get with your quarterback today because we haven't seen a whole lot since the preseason. That's going to be an interesting call from our perspective to see defensively what Tennessee is going to put in his path. It, it, well, it just what is he going to do today? Is he going to hand off to a guy that's not going to play? And Derrick Henry, I, I, I mean, what are they going to do well, offensively? I mean, yeah, and are they going to play Malik Willis? Are they going to play Will Levis? I mean, are they going to they're going to start Will Levis, right? Uh, that's what I believe. Yeah, that, that's that seems to be what the reports are. Is that that Will Levis will will start probably play the majority of the snaps, but I would certainly expect Malik Willis to play some part because you have to think that if you're Mike Vrabel, you kind of want to mix in some wrinkles here and there when when you're kind of shorthanded like they are. Right. We're going to find out. I don't know. Will Levis yeah, is just because we that that's the one thing, and they've had a bye week. To get ready for this. So they're going to have some plays in store that the Falcons have not seen. Quick note on Will Levis. Uh, he had the, he was the most sacked quarterback this preseason at 22% of his dropbacks. And then uh, took a sack on 50% of his pressures this preseason. So I, in, I think in typical youngster fashion, you just try to hold on to the ball, trying to make a play a little bit too long. Kind of like Sam Howell a, few, a couple weeks ago. Or a guy named Desmond Ritter with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, who's got rid of the ball a lot quicker. We can talk about that after the break. Yeah, we'll get the uh, pick the brain of the uh, former Falcon Harper Labelle and our insider Joe Patrick as we count down to kickoff in Nashville between the Titans and the Falcons today on Sports Radio ninety time the game. Wait for tailgate show from uh, the Kia Studios today as we get ready for the Falcons and the Titans in uh, Nashville. This portion of the tailgate show is brought to you by. 
Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. Those of you who have never been to Music City, down to the district. Is this Harper, is this you? This is Noel? Great, great pick, great pick. With the other. Do we have to stand in, in, in silence with our hand over? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is my anthem. <laughs> there might be a couple uh, throughout today. Yeah, yeah there but we were talking about the music. I mean, you're in Music City today, so mm-hmm. even yeah. though it's Nissan Stadium, it should be called Music City Stadium. Of That's course, and called. by the way, they're getting a new stadium, uh, a $3 yeah, billion yeah. Dollar new What's stadium. What's wrong with the one they got right now? It doesn't have a roof on it. Can't have a Super yeah, Bowl. No roof. Right. Can't have the SEC. Did title you see game. the uh, intro video that they did for it, like Ring of Fire thing? It's pretty cool. Yeah, they got kind of a similar style Halo board type thing. Not quite the same as Atlanta's, but yeah, we're going to build it in the parking lot just like uh, the Falcons did, and tear down the old stadium. Three billion is what you said. Yep. How much would that cost in New York? Well, <laughs> or LA if it, it was. If I don't it think Nashville's build, cheap anymore. I don't. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, I'm just saying right you don't have to deal with. Uh, it'd be six billion. If well, it were in one of those right, two taxes, yeah. right, well, okay. Or Chicago's going to build a new stadium, aren't they? Well, they, they were talking about it. The building out, yeah, they're building out of the suburbs, yeah. They're going to kick that team out of the town first. They'll, they'll no, take- well, yeah, there may be that because today, yeah, just looking at the schedule here, because now that you bring it up, we'll go there. Uh, the, the Bears do play today against the Chargers in the Jim Harbaugh Bowl. It will be the Jim Harbaugh Bowl. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> it's the Harbaugh Bowl. You know, where's he going to end up? Chicago or Chargers, two of his former teams. Uh, so, uh, we'll see is he going to go to the winner or is he going to avoid the winner and go to whoever loses the game, whoever needs him more? Um, well, I mean, w- w- which one would you want? See, if I were Jim Harbaugh, I would want the Bears over the Chargers. And why? Well, for a number of reasons. Um, first off, you may have the number one and two picks. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know the draft. Okay. <laughs> right. There's less pressure, I think, right now on, on Chicago. You can walk in there and go, look, it's going to take me a couple of years, guys. Be patient. All right. Uh, number three is the Chargers in the L.A. landscape are like the number eight team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got the Lakers. You got the Dodgers. You got the Kings. You got the Sparks. I mean, the SC? Dodgers are. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers are like, wait, oh, you're going to go see that San Diego team? I mean, no, they don't. See, what, what's the most popular NFL team by a mile in Los Angeles? The, the USC Trojans. No, the, 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 the NFL. The Raiders. Yeah. By a mile. Well, and the USC Trojans. Yeah. <laughs> They're the, yeah, most, right. popular, the popular most popular NFL, NFL team. NFL team. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you guys uh, kind of broadly here. Like, looking at the division, Atlanta at 4-3, and three, Tampa at 3-4, and four, uh, Stinky Town at three and four, and uh, Carolina at zero and six. Of course, the Bucks lost on Thursday night. Uh, the uh, Swampers are at Indianapolis today in Indianapolis against the Colts, and hopefully Gardner Minshew and the Mustache does his thing. And then Carolina's at home against Houston. Broadening this out a little bit, uh, it, Harper Philadelphia is six and one. They're at Washington. San Francisco's five and two, but they're banged up, and they're at Cincinnati against Joe Burrow and banged up. Detroit's five and two. They're uh, at home against uh, the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Can the Falcons actually start to think about not only the South? When's the last time Detroit's been on Monday Night Football? At right, home? right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you always think, oh, they got it's that Thanksgiving day. thing, but no, it's been a long time. Falcons are at four and three. You know, if yeah. they can win today, suddenly they may be playing themselves. You know, Philadelphia's the best team, right? But is San Francisco at five and two and Detroit at five and two not catchable? I mean, oh, could you be catchable? <sighs> definitely catchable. We've gone through the schedule already. I mean, like this Falcons team. I think a lot of the upside for what you know a, a record that people would have thought was 
over overly optimistic going into the season. I think that's still there for the Falcons potentially. I think they could go on a run. Well, yeah, absolutely they could. But if you're in one of those two cities that you mentioned with Philadelphia or San Francisco, I'm happier if I'm in Pennsylvania than I am in California right now because Purdy's situation and you know they they looked invincible about two three weeks ago and now they're kind of eh, a little bit above average. So the 49ers, they've got some things that they they got to work out. Mm-hmm. They're still a great place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in their own first place. And but um, again, we're our rise has got other people. Well, who's going to win that worst division in all of football? Mm-hmm. Oh, is Atlanta going to take it this year? Ah, eh, so what? Hey. But if the Falcons continue to persist and grind on offense, and with the defense as good as it is right now, and the, and the schedule that we have, uh, there could be week 12, 13, 14, where everybody in the country is going to go, hey, how about that team down in Atlanta? Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the Vikings last year, where it's like, I think a lot of people recognize that the Vikings weren't the best team in the NFL or the best team in the NFC, but they had a record, they, you know, they were winning games, and they certainly had a harder record than the Falcons do Well, the this defense, year. they couldn't stop anybody. Right, exactly. Like It was clearly not like a, a well-rounded football team, and I think you could say the same thing for the Falcons, even despite the fact that we're, what we're talking about here, which is them potentially winning all these games, which is possible because... You just have things that line up really favorably for you uh, from this point going forward. And I think that a part of it is the 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 way that the team is playing, the fact that you have a defense that's going to keep you in every single game, give you a chance. You've got to a win. top 10 defense versus a bottom three yeah, defense yeah. with Minnesota. Yeah. That, to me, is the biggest difference. If, yeah. Hey, if you can't score against us, worst we're going to do is tie. Yeah. But there, there's some great things that are happening here. And we, again, if we can figure some things out offensively and get to the point where we go from – 30th to 25th to 20th we're top 10 the sky's the limit yeah they, I, I want I'm this close to wanting to be really I mean off my off the hook here bullish on this team further and, than you already are yeah because I said at the beginning of the year I said this is a 10 win team and I said I, I, the other quote I had is this is a team that you're not going to want to play by week 14. Because I figured that, what is the NFL above all, guys? It's a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. And one thing yeah. the Falcons had is depth. And I looked at the depth on defense, and I started going down second and third string going, we got former starters that are third string guys now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we've got depth. So if we do incur injury, some, some teams incur injury, and we'll be talking about the injuries to Tennessee today, yeah. and it's not next man up because there is no next man up. And there was no next man up really for the Falcons over the last couple of years until this year, yeah. and there's next man up on defense. And now suddenly there's your three deep at running back. You know, in theory, you're two deep at quarterback. You know, you're, you're deep, you're three deep at tight end. This team, you know, even offensively has some depth. Offensive line, maybe not so much, mm-hmm. but in other places they are seriously deep. And so therefore, by the time you get to that, you know, battle-tested, you know, week 14 here, okay, you know what, they're going to be a team that you don't want to play. Yeah, they've been conscious, especially I'm thinking about it, as far as the depth goes on the defensive line, like really developing some of these younger players, giving them the amount of reps that they need, the game reps that they need to really develop their games and I think that's been great to Ryan, see Ryan Nielsen doing this thing where they've been rotating, kind of doing more hockey line shifts. And even a guy like LaCale London last week got 44% of the defensive snaps. And then he actually, the team goes out and signs him on to a two-year contract. So good for him. But also that just goes to show the development that these guys are going through. And to your point, John, just adding a lot of depth to this roster. But as far as war attrition goes, knock on wood for the Falcons, but they've also been very healthy so far this year. So that's another thing kind of working in their favor that a lot of teams are are dealing with. Yeah. I The depleted practice squad that's going to be something i mean tennessee's already going deep into it i've, I've got yeah. a page here all this yellow these are guys that are hurt yeah uh, many, we'll, we'll many have, been, have been cleared 
But I'm just saying, there's there's going to be guys in their lineup that are, you know, th- this is their first action of the season where the Falcons don't have that same issue. Thank God we mm-hmm. we don't. You know, maybe it's because we're rotating guys and we're doing it, but. Uh, the, the injury bug has been something that we haven't had to talk about at all this year, except with the exception of uh, Anderson. Yeah, Troy Anderson is the only one. And, and the, and the well, defense Avery, could have arguably gotten Williams. better right? a- with them going out when they a- haven't come Avery in. Williams. Avery Williams has been a big one. He, yeah, the, the punt return Please game has been. Me. Yeah, all right, yeah. Avery. You're yeah. right. That happened in OTAs. Though, so. All right, I understand, but it still yeah. counts. Yeah. Um, so, now, I guess what I'm trying to get to here, uh, Harper, and this is why, you know, you know, for all the years you played in the league, I'm, I'm, and I know Joe's inside the locker room far more than I am, Uh there, there's. I had a, a caller uh, to my old, to when I was doing you know the talk show on the weekends uh, and before the season, who was calling me up and saying you know hey uh, you know what makes you think that this is Mel, a ten- did you have Mel call you well yeah I had Mel call me <laughs> what makes you think this is a ten win team and then he gets back to me when we uh, lose uh, uh, the game to uh, Jacksonville and he starts uh, you know uh, texting me same guy. And he says to me after the Jacksonville game, because he didn't think we were a 10-win team, and he, oh, you still think they're a 10-win team, and now, and we start talking, and he's like, well, I don't understand why, I don't know why I'm engaging with this guy, but I am. And he says, <laughs> I don't understand why uh, the defense is uh, not calling out the offense. And, and, and the only reason, my only answer to him was, the defense isn't called, because, okay, you're a team, but also because I think the defense looks at the offense and says, if you can get out of your own way, like they haven't over the last couple of weeks, if you could just get out of your own way, we're going to be a pretty darn good football team. And we know, that's why I talked about at the beginning of the show here, the prize. I think they're starting to see what Joe sees, what I see, what you see. They're all going, oh, yeah, we can win this thing. Yeah. The veteran leadership that has been brought in, and what, you got seven guys on defense, just alone on seven that weren't here last year. And every one of them is going, I came here for a reason, and we're pretty dang close to being where we need to be defensively. Uh-huh. We're not perfect, but doggone, we're we're playing really well. We may not have as many interceptions as we would like to have, or you know, we're minus seven uh, on on takeaways, but that's okay. We're playing well. We're top ten in everything else, and top three in a lot of categories, especially yards and points given up. The reason why the defense isn't calling out the offense for performance is because that's what losers do, and uh, and that's just frankly. This defense is so much more professional than that, like, and and that's what's so exciting to to hear from these guys. Which is when the offense is clearly struggling, the defense is clearly playing well. What you hear from the Falcons' defensive players, I talked to Grady Jarrett about this, talked to Calais Campbell about this, is we have another level we can get to to make sure that we're getting wins. It's it's we don't even we're it's it's not on. Well, they don't say this, but like in what they're saying is. Expressing the fact that it's on the defense to make sure that they're that they're getting results that yeah. they want, and and they're not going to blame anybody else for that, whether that's the offense, whether that's the weather, whether it's the coach, whatever it might be. It's they're not going to lay blame to anybody else. Real quick, let's just reverse that to where just a few years ago, when the Falcons' offense with Matt Ryan was as good as it was, and then they would give up a touchdown. What does the offense do? All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. We're up. exactly. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. We got to do it again. So you flip that around, and now the defense. Okay, let's get a turnover. Yeah. Let's and get you, the ball and back. you see that mentality manifesting on the field too. I think when you watch these games, they're just this defense just does not concede anything to anybody. Every yard that teams get on this Falcons defense is well earned. It's well fought for. R- real quick, have you asked Grady one on one where he's off the air and he knows he's off the air how happy he would be with all these different guys <laughs> that he's got around him that yeah. he hasn't had in the past? I mean, he's had guys around him, but the results 
with Calais and with David and with uh, Caden and you know the rush that we're getting and the the pressure that's being taken off him. I think he's gonna have a big day today. He, I really do. He's slipped in some lines before where he's like, yeah, we talked about like when talking about the players who come in the teams. Like, yeah, we we talked about that this offseason. You know, so yeah. I, I think yeah. that, this that was is, definitely this something. This is one of those ones where work. you just kind of nod your head and yeah. go, "This is really." Good. Do you guys yeah. get a, a sense that if they a- actually put together, we haven't seen obviously anything remotely close to a complete game. Maybe a complete quarter yeah. uh, against Green Bay in the fourth quarter. Maybe a complete quarter, uh, but not a complete game. That if they actually played a complete game in one of these games, they'd beat somebody forty-four to three. Yeah, could be. It's, it's they have that. They have the potential to do that for sure. And that's what's so exciting to me about these last few weeks to see that the way Desmarder has been throwing the football is you're seeing, starting to see the weapons kind of manifest. I think the way that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith kind of envisioned having. A player like Kyle Pitts who can make that play and make that catch and run that sets the team up for a game-winning field goal when you have less than a minute left on a drive. Like that's the kind of thing where um, the offense is kind of starting to take the form that we all thought it could be, but clearly we weren't kind of seeing it in that to that extent in the first portions of the season. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's an exciting time. I don't know what's going to happen today. They yeah. could fall on their face again. Yeah, sure. Desmond Ritter, we could be talking about it come uh, tomorrow. Oh, my God, he did this and he did that. And I can't believe that because, I mean, they blew a game to a team. They Look, they lost a game to the Commanders. They should never, ever, ever have lost. They are a far, far better team. Blew than them out on the stat sheet. I mean, far, they're just close. a far better team. Yeah. And so, I mean, and the last week should have been – 31 to 10. Yeah. I mean, they're a far better team than Tampa. And that's where the rightful complaints come in about the turnover. Like, if you continue to turn the ball over like they have the last few weeks, then you are going to lose games that you shouldn't lose, like to the Commanders. This game, frankly, again, in Tampa could have been 30 to 10. Right. That's my, and that's the frustrating thing right now. That's why, because I think some people, I can't believe you're so bullish, but. Harper, you played. Is this not? Are you not seeing a team that if they continue to get better and they, they clean things up, that they're not just an NFC South? Are they actually a contender? Yeah, because last year, the year before, with with salary cap issues and all the other things, we were losing all of those close games. Now we're winning a few of them. Yeah, we've had some hiccups, but you know what? Four and three at the beginning of the year, everyone was said, "Ah, oh, that's." I'd be surprised. I'm surprised. I think three and four was what most people would be thinking, but turn that around and we're in first place after seven weeks. Not a lot of people were in that boat. There just weren't. We'll talk more about it. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're getting ready for football today. Yeah, okay, we're a little excited. I know there's some people out there going, man, dude, slow your roll. Well, okay. Why? Live a little. Why? Live a little. We're in be first excited. Place. You're okay. You don't want to be in first place be with excited. us. Go root for the Swampers. Uh, Sports Radio 92 on the game. It's game day for the Atlanta Falcons, Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. I did go to high school in Lithonia, <laughs> Georgia. All right. Yes, you did. You're our Lord 1978. <laughs> okay. Been around these parts a little while. All right. So, and when I, Travis and I Tritt in, plays, you yeah. know, I go straight back to Jerry you know what high school on the sidelines. You know what high school? He, yeah. It doesn't matter. He was on the sidelines yeah. at all of our games with George Jones and. Bonnie Raid and everybody wow. else that Jerry brought in. Proud uh, Sprayberry Yellow Jackets. Sprayberry Yellow Jackets. Travis Tritt. Uh, so, um, well, you, here's a quarter. You can call somebody who cares, right? <laughs> Let's just hope that the Falcons are, 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 are trouble today, you know? A little T-R-U-B-L-E yeah. for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, I got a broader question here. and we, I, I want you guys to break down the game here, uh, as you guys can do so well. The trade deadline is coming up. Uh, the the Titans, we've talked uh, touched on it briefly. Kevin Baird. 
Uh, one of their star veteran safeties traded to Philadelphia. There's a lot of rumors about Derrick Henry uh, back and forth. We'll see what happens with that. But to the Falcons here, they pick up Van Jefferson. And um, Harper, I want you to go first on this. If the Falcons win today, uh, do you expect that Terry Fontenot says, yeah, we're going hard into it, and that the Falcons will make one or two really big moves to position themselves to not only win the South but be that contender? All right, John, when I was first on the air with you several years ago, and it was with the Jake Matthews draft, whatever year that was, and I'm driving to Dave and Buster's, Mm -hmm. and there was a Jadavian Clowney report by Ian Rappaport, and you stopped what you were doing, and you said, man, I think we've got a chance to get this kid. And when I finally got to the studio, or actually to Dave and Buster's, and was on the air with you, you said, Harper, do you think that the Falcons move up would that be a surprise to you? And I said, no, it wouldn't be a surprise. And you agreed. Well, if they trade down, would that be a surprise to you? I go, no, I think they could trade down and get some more. If they do nothing, would that be a surprise to you? And so you're throwing all these scenarios at me. And I, go, I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do. Now, Fontenot, I don't I don't think he's the guy that plays that ace up his sleeve, you know, the way, oh, we're going to make a trade. I, I I'd have to wait to see. But do you not like this lineup right now? Oh, I Are do. Are you happy with your? No, no, no. You're always looking for something. You, always that you're not doing your job if you're not looking for ways to improve. All right. So we've heard names. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns, okay, could be available. Mm-hmm. We hear. Ooh, d- 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 I'm d- stopping right there. Uh, what? D- Danell, <laughs> Danell Hunter. All right. Now we're hearing Montez Sweat, Chase Young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there are premium, top of the line edge guys for a team that isn't getting quite that production because I hate to say it. I think we've seen the best of Arnold Ebicady. I just don't. I don't see where that's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly does not seem like a, a scheme fit. Basically, with, with Ryan Nielsen coming in for all the good that he's done, and I think that uh, every Falcons fan is very happy with the things that have been instituted on that defensive side of the ball. One of the one of the ramifications of that has been that you know a couple of your draft picks from recent years, Arnold Ebicady, D'Angelo Malone, just don't really have the same kind of role in this defense. Um, I would just generally like my 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 natural inclination is to kind of throw cold water on on really tra- trade talks that I would be all there for the Falcons trading for one of these star edge rushers because it's such a hard position to fill in the draft and ultimately with one of these guys you're acquiring that's what you're looking for when you draft a guy in the top ten is for them to become one of these players but I think one of the reasons why you don't see teams around the NFL not just the Falcons but around the NFL. Not you know going you know throwing second round picks at, at these teams is because typically you want to know like inside and out the kinds of players that you're giving a hundred million dollars to a hundred million dollar contracts and you want to develop those guys you want to have drafted those guys you want to reward guys from inside your organization as much as you possibly can and so I think that that's one of the reasons why I think the Falcons going to be you know. Maybe hesitant isn't the the perfect word, but teams are just going to not be so quickly to just throw out money at these guys. The reason all these guys are available is because they all have you know free agency coming up where they're going to be expecting a long term contract, and so a team that trades for them is willing to give them that. Say what you want. To me, Bosa ruined the whole thing. Yeah, by getting 130 million, that's going to be the asking price, and that's what Burns and all these others that you just mentioned. That's going to be. So, do you borrow that guy for uh, three months? 
You not, borrow not, not for a second round pick. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It, you, what you have to give up in order to get a guy like that. No, or, that's why I ask you guys because you guys, you know, I'm leaning on you. In but baseball, boys, you it, borrow a guy. Is, isn't there a temptation though? I mean, to do that. I mean, because if you start oh, to view, if, if you win this week, you start to view again. It's it's a bigger picture than just winning the NFC South. That's why I kind of went through it. I went, oh, you start to look at the top of the league. Now you're going, oh, can yeah. we get to the number two seed? Right. You know, what's it going to take mean, for us to beat? Detroit again in Detroit, right. or to go to or, Philly and win, or maybe Detroit comes here. Maybe, maybe you put it in maybe. a situation where Detroit has to come here. Yeah, you know what does it take for you to beat Philadelphia? Your your answer, your question is: Can you? What do you have to do to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia in the NFC title right. game? That's the that's what you have to ask yourself. That's the team you have to go after. That's what you have to be funneled at because that's what it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And with the home or the away. When you when you have the ability, gosh, if you got to play in January in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. especially if it's a late game at night, how how successful have we been in the cold in Philadelphia? So what do you want from that? I mean, right. that's... So if I can make a move to go, whoa, I need an edge guy. Yeah. I need well, a guy that can rush the passer. However, the temptation is you enjoy... Yeah, of course the temptation's there, but at what price? We right. just came out of cap hell. Right. Do you want to put yourself back in it again? Right, and you very easily could if you... Yeah, if, if, if you spend money in the wrong way. I would, you know, again, to th- be, throw a cold towel on this, I am agree I agree with you. I think that an edge rusher is definitely needed. I think the caliber of player that you're looking at is probably more likely like uh, a veteran whose contract is expiring who can still give you uh, the the rest of the year rental. So one player I would keep an eye on to that effect is a player that the Falcons will see today in Danico Autry. He's a 6'5", 285-pound edge rusher out of Tennessee, and he is that kind of big body. You would think that the, the, the profile of player that he is would be a guy that Ryan Nielsen wants on that defensive line, again, with his combination of size and speed he's 33 years old his contract's up at the end of the year so he would be that kind of guy that you could pick up for a seventh or sixth round pick or something like that um for minimal cost basically and we already have about 47 guys that are from tennessee or at yeah, least exactly have ties. well that's always so important when you're looking at yeah, especially I know. the nfl if, if to arthur identify smith, who coaches have experience with certain players yep, if arthur smith says i know him i like yep, him exactly. let's do it fontenot will be on the phone mm-hmm yeah. The uh, tailgate show is sponsored uh, by Fireshire from the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder, now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com today and find a retailer near you. Falcons of the Tennessee Titans, and at the top of the hour, we'll really start to break it down. We'll get into the injuries. We'll kind of break down both teams and kind of look ahead to the game today. But just this first hour, kind of you know, kind of taking in what we've seen from the first seven weeks, you think, uh, Harper, that with the focus on ball security, has there been anything that's been learned I, to the degree that I guess uh, Desmond Ritter took it to heart as far as you know not getting pressured in sack by trying to get the ball out of his hand quicker? That we saw that happen. Absolutely, yeah. The dirty nerds. There's a, a stat that they have. Uh, he's reduced the time that he throws from 2.68 seconds on average to 2.54 between weeks one and four, and where he is in the last four weeks. That to me is startling. That you would one that that someone has the time to break that down. Really, is D Leds out there with his stopwatch? He's always he's always recording hang times. On yeah, that. yeah, and now he's getting yeah. yeah. But uh, for him to, it's not just us. It's in the room, the quarterback room. Desmond, you got to get rid of the ball. Offensive line is going. Hey, dude, get rid of the ball. Get rid of it. 
throw it away if you have to, but you're holding on to it too long, and you're 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 hurting your own stats by doing that. Nobody in the league is you're a little slow. If you can pick that up just a little bit, and go ahead, John, you, you got a comment? No, no, I was just no. waiting for you to finish. Okay, because I was going to go to Joe because there was a play last week where Desmond threw it out of the end zone. He yep. just chucked it right right yep. between the uprights. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You, you can live to fight another down, and that's you, okay. You we kick a field goal. I think you would have liked to have seen him also do that on that on that sack that he took, the strip sack right before halftime, because they were in an empty set at that point, and he should have identified that there was more rushers coming, and and some of the blogging could have been better on, the, on that play as well. But, um, there, I mean, there's always going to be things for Desmond Ritter to learn from coming out of these games and these mistakes that he makes. And that's, you know, he's a young quarterback. He still has not even played a full season of games, but I think that's what's so exciting to see especially these last three weeks, the devel- his development in the passing game has been extraordinary because guys, like, after that Jacksonville game, I'll be honest, I had very, I had concerns about whether he could actually make NFL throws, and now I have none of those concerns. <laughs> He's been so sharp and really making some big-time throws. One of the pieces of video we saw this week, Harper, was uh, it was like old school, go back to ninth grade, guys, uh, you know, uh, running through uh, tackling dummies with people trying to strip the ball out of them and put two hands on the on the football. They went, they went back to, <laughs> yeah. we went back yeah, to football yeah. 101. Well, that training, but, second day of training camp, I, you're doing that. I yeah. think it's important to outline exactly what happened on the play where he fumbled going across the goal line. First of all, you know, you, you, you got to sprint all the way across the line. There are some basics that, that Desmond would tell you. He'd be the yeah, first ball one to was say, in the wrong I should have done better. But that, so that's it, about the ball being in the wrong hand. Um, he actually had it in the right hand when he actually scored a rushing touchdown earlier in the game. He had it in the proper hand, which is, you know, the ball to the boundary. The reason why he didn't have the ball in his in the hand in that hand on the one he fumbled on was because that was an RPO where there was a pass option on it as opposed to the one he ran in earlier in the game where it was just a run option. So in the run option, as soon as he doesn't hand it off, he gets it in the right arm. When he's in the RPO, he's still got it in the right hand because he's got the throw option as he's rolling out. But then of course he, you know, maybe you 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 should think to then after once or you have decided to run it, yeah. To, yeah, to, to protect a little bit more. But that's one of the reasons why. It's not that he doesn't know some of these fundamental things, but there's just things that happen in the middle the heat of a game that you just just scramble your brain a little bit. Yeah, but it's kind of like detention when you have to write your name on the board a hundred times or do something like that where yeah. you've got to go back to non-fumbling drills where they're going to you know yeah. strip the ball. And so maybe he knows little... it, they all get it, and it's going to get fixed. But I'm just saying that uh, we're going through some parts now that we didn't go through last year when he really was his in his true rookie year playing and learning stuff. Remember when John Elway lined up behind the guard and the guard's yeah. going, dude, get behind the center. You're right. there, they, Elway will never forgive that down. But now we're going to start seeing him improve, mature, and get to the point where he's more relaxed and he slows down and he plays at a different pace and he's starting to pick defenses apart. That It's on the, it's on the horizon for me. Harper, I've got a question for you, which is, I'm sure that Desmond got roasted in the film room, uh, having to watch some of those fumbles back, especially that one where he's fumbling across the goal line. D- does that make does that make an imprint in a player's brain to like kind of have that moment in a in a film room where where you really don't want to have that happen again? Because he had a fumble in a similar situation against the Texans a couple weeks ago, but he did cross the line, he did score. So I'm thinking. Maybe in that situation, it's easier to kind of just you know sweep that under the rug a little bit because ultimately you you did score technically as where this one I can see in a way the way you're asking this it, there's two possible scenarios and and one if you lose the game and there's a silence in the room when you fumble everyone in the room sees it everyone sees it and they've all they saw it when it happened but now that you're looking at it again on film and you're going to lose your team. But if you can joke, because they won, they can joke about it, go, dude, 
are you kidding me? Butterfingers, you know, or the cha-ching, they'll have something to where they let him know they still love him and that he's their guy and you're together even though you fumbled because everybody's had something. You know, Grady's been on his back at one point or another. You got a pancake (laughs) and they'll all have fun with it and they'll move on and they'll become closer because of it. The Falcons and the Titans today, or as the Falcons have referred to themselves, the Red Stallions, there's a reason for that. It is the Wait for Tailgate Show. We'll continue next with the injury update, and it's an important one for this game. Joe's got the inside information about the Tennessee Titans and what they're facing as they go into this game. We'll tell you why their secondary might not be as depleted uh, as you think. Next on Sports Radio 90 Time Again. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.